Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Zone Blitz. As always, I'm Vince Miller, joined by my co-host Ashton Overholt. Ashton, it was a crazy week four. Um, lots of stuff happened. How did you enjoy week four? It was it was one of those weeks where I think everyone assumed that this would be kind of a sleepy week. It wasn't <laughs> like we're not in conference play really yet, or at least not in the meat of conference play yet. And and there wasn't really any huge, huge non-conference matchups. So it's like it was kind of a eh, whatever week. But man, those are the ones that like you have to watch. There were a couple of games that you like just couldn't take your eyes off. Uh Kansas State, Oklahoma comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, Wake Wake Forest, Clemson. I mean, that was like instant classic. There yeah. was just there was a lot of really good games. Tennessee, Florida was good. AM, Arkansas was good. Just a whole bunch of very competitive football games all the way down to the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's just kind of recap some of those games. Um, starting with Thursday night, West Virginia 33, <clears throat> excuse me, Virginia Tech 10. Yeah. Big for the zone blitz darlings of West That's Virginia. Right. That's um, right. We, we really needed that one. That we really needed that one for the over to hit for the season win totals. Um, did you get to watch any of this game? And what, what are your thoughts on West Virginia kind of taking Virginia Tech to town a little bit here? Yeah, no, I did. I, I watched a bit of it Thursday night. Um, JT Daniels, I'm a fan of his. You mm-hmm. know this. He as advertised, I think you could say um, that West Virginia team and not just throwing the ball either. West Virginia ran the ball like um, the the freshman running back. Is it Donaldson? For, yeah. Um, yes. He had I think. Yeah, he had one hundred and six. He looks dominant like they run the ball like from. Yeah, they have multiple running backs. JT was, I think, efficient. He always will be. Um, yeah. And they had some nice receivers. So I really good win. And I think they, they had a couple of interceptions. Well, no, they, they only had one had one interception. It was opportunistic on defense. Sure. Um, it was, yeah, West Virginia, they're not going to just absolutely – like 10 points is not what their defense is normally going to give up. Normally it's right. going to be a little bit more. But, yeah, opportunistic um, in that one. And I, it was – we talked about it being a really big win for them. Um, they're 2-2 two and two now. Yeah, 2-2, two and two, and they've mm-hmm. – it's a lot of the schedule is still out there. So I think a, a big stride forward for West Virginia in rivalry game two. Um, sure. Yeah, no, they really wanted that one. So good for them. Yeah, for me, I personally just take a lot more. I I give more credit to West Virginia than I'm like down on Virginia Tech. I mean, it's still the first sure. year, and, and they yeah, it's a tough situation for Virginia Tech. We're we'll be judging them on what they're doing a year or two from now, not what they're doing this year. So exactly. Friday night, Syracuse beats Virginia twenty-two to twenty. Um, Syracuse is kind of good, man. Like <laughs> they, yeah. they really, they really are playing pretty well. Virginia does have some issues. Brennan Armstrong has to be terribly frustrated by the situation there with the offensive line. And just, Goodness. Yeah, it's, it's a bit rough going. It does seem like they almost, so I don't know if, it, if this is fair. Um, they lost Bronco or Bronco Mendenhall quit, I guess, retired. He did. And it seems like they they kind of neutered the offense that they had last year that was so effective. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. Well, I, I mean, I, I think a lot of it is from losing all all the pieces that they had. Like, mm-hmm. it's I think it's really hard to lose that much. And to be honest, we weren't jacked about their coaching hire when they made it. Yeah, like we don't have to sit here and act like this was just a stroke of genius by like the Virginia athletic department. So 
Yeah, you hate to say it because Armstrong is a really good quarterback. We saw last year what he can do if, mm-hmm. like, if he's just given the keys to the car, just told just to go get it. Like, he can, he can go do that with anybody. And yeah, it's been a struggle. Like, it's been a struggle bus for him this year. So, yeah, I get. We hate to make assumptions on first year head coaches, which is what Virginia has. But yeah, I will. How about we just say this? Huge win for Syracuse. A lot of people kind of wrote them off. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, four and zero right now huge for Syracuse. Let's just focus on the positive. By the way, um, Syracuse's offensive coordinator, Robert Ane, mm-hmm. last year was Virginia's offensive coordinator. Uh-huh. So that might explain a little bit of what we're seeing with these two teams this year, where last year Virginia just had right. a great offense. That's right. This year, Syracuse seems to be figuring some things out. So That's maybe right. Syracuse is just just has to replace Virginia <laughs> in our minds as far as like ACC teams. So. I like that. Sneaky, yeah. sneaky, tough Syracuse. Yeah. Yes. All right. Saturday. Saturday was a crazy slate. Tons of games to talk about here. We can't spend a lot of time on all of these, but there's a lot of games just to mention. Clemson beats Wake Forest 51 to 45 in double overtime. Escaped yes. there. Um, had a pretty good offensive game, I would yeah. say, for Clemson. Oh, DJ, yeah. DJ had a good game. Really good. Really the good running game. game didn't. I don't know. Is it fair to say the running game was not incredible? <laughs> it was, it was decent. I mean, Sh- sure. Shipley, Shipley's a, a good running back for Clemson. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that the, 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 the running game is bad. No, it, not it, bad. Wasn't out, it, it wasn't outstanding. It was, it was, yeah. Middle of the road, I guess. Eh, you could just say eh. passing yeah. like, like DJ with five touchdowns, no picks. Mm-hmm. That wasn't like, yeah, that's everything. That was Notre Dame DJ. Like that's who yeah. we that we knew that was there the whole time. And then like we kind of we just it'd been a whole season since he had been been really, really good and we kind of forgot about it. Like we just we were like maybe that's not there. But no, Notre Dame DJ came back, threw five touchdowns, no picks. Mm-hmm. Wake Forest doesn't have a great defense. We don't have to sit here no. and act like it's phenomenal. No. Um yeah, it was incredible quarterback play in that game. Like we can just say, like, we're we're not gonna talk about Hartman as much because Clemson won the game. And so therefore we talk about them more, but Sam Hartman was also just terrific in that. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I it's, Hey, really good sign for Clemson. They have another tough game coming up this week against another really good, well, against a really good defense, not another really good defense, a really good defense. And yeah, it's, it's all out there for them. So I think this has to put an end to the Cade Klubnik talk for a bit, right? Like, like this definitely, he definitely got a lot longer leash after this game. Yeah. I think we, going forward, it's still nice if you can get Klubnik in when you have a blowout and like yeah. get him some playing time. Maybe even in games that are not blowouts but are relatively comfortable, get yeah. him some playing time just to continue to give him that experience. But if DJ plays this way, yeah, I don't know if you can actually go away from him this year. So I don't know. Props to him for playing well. The defensive backs for Clemson – did not play well. Um, I think they've had some injuries or something. I don't. I don't know exactly what's going on. Um, any worry? Because I mean, the one thing we thought yes. we could count on about Clemson was the defense. Like, how right. worried should they be? I vary if that's what if that's the DBs that they're sticking with. Okay, here's where like like the DBs were bad, and and we've we've talked about this. Mm-hmm. But Clemson has excellent defensive linemen. And there was not much pressure on Hartman. Like they did like the little 
it was like a really like a real long like a like a mush handoff almost where he just sit yeah. there and ride it and ride it that's and ride the it west virginia style yes right <laughs> i mean and uh, then he'd like, wake forest wake style sorry so he would either then he'd like give it or or, or he'd pull it or and run or throw but like they they it was so hesitant like clemson looked mm-hmm. hesitant it wasn't there wasn't the 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 snap off the ball in the in just that drive to the quarterback that you're used to seeing from every Clemson defensive end since Gaines Adams or whatever it was like, like they've always had guys that can get after the passer and they still do like miles Murphy, like Brian Brzee, like they're good rushers. It just, yeah. It's like wake forest had an incredible offensive scheme for that defense. Like mm-hmm. they, they, they were able to, to kind of take eliminate the, the defensive line. And then they absolutely abused the corners. Like, was it number 20 who just like got beat on the regular <laughs> out there. And it was every time you looked up, like, yeah, it was, he was either getting toasted over the top and it, yeah, like they did a, a lot of different ways, but usually it was just kind of like a lob. Like we're just going to lob mm-hmm. it up in our guys, your guy. And he's, yeah, it was, and Hartman was throwing dimes too. Like, like mm-hmm. part of it, part of it was they like Sam Hartman is a buzzsaw and he apparently is really good at throwing a football. So yes. Um, yeah, it was, Hey, between the two quarterbacks, 11 touchdowns, no picks. That's, that's just well, incredible. That's, that's just incredible good. between those two quarterbacks. The one thing the ACC has no shortage of is good, talented quarterbacks. That's right. Um, yeah. No, we're not even talking about, like, Devin Leary or any of those guys. Tyler right. Yeah. yeah. I I will say, so, yeah, Clemson does have some very talented freshman corners. I, I would like to think that by the end of the year, maybe they'll be figuring some things out. But if they continue to have this poor defensive back play, then, yeah, they're, they're not going to be – back to right. a top three, four type of team in the country. Yeah. Um, any other thoughts on Clemson before we move on? No. Uh, I mean, a win is a win. Like I'm, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and dock them points. Yeah. I mean, they can't, they can't cover anybody right now, but they, they're going to get some guys back. Like they're, those weren't their starting corners. So right. like, yeah, I mean, they'll be fine. Like it's, we'll, we'll find out. We'll find out. Sure. They're playing. They have a big, a big game next week, home game. So yeah, absolutely. Credit to yes. them for winning a t- – it was a coin flip game, and they won it. Good for them. Sure. All right, Kansas beat Duke 35-27, to battle of the um, unexpected Basket. undefeated teams. Um, the basketball schools. We can just yes. call them the basketball yeah. <laughs> Kansas is now 4-0. Jalen mm. Daniels appears to be the real deal. Yeah. Not like, – Duke played well. Like, this was not a blowout or anything. Right. But Kansas somehow is still unranked. We can – whatever not that big of a deal it's the ap who cares um but kansas looks legit like is there like what is their ceiling this year because they they can score with just about anybody i think are you are you salty about them not being ranked they should be ranked just based on their resume so far but it's not that big a deal it's the ap i mean is it much different like like I, i get your point i guess the the other side of it is that is it is it any different than last year? For some reason, we had Iowa at two when clearly they weren't the the number yeah. two team, but they had won all their games, so we put them at two, even though we knew that they were going to get absolutely smoked by yeah Ohio State and Georgia and Alabama. All those teams would have absolutely smoked Iowa last year, but we kind of had them at two because you know just to make them feel good for a little bit. Like, mm. isn't that kind of what they would be doing if they put Kansas in the top twenty-five? Because Kansas is not. I'm not willing to say it. Kansas is not a top 25 team. Like just if you're, if, if they end up playing each other, like they're not for me and they, they beat Duke and that's great. 
Yeah, that's fine. I I understand that. I just let's, let's just I'm 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 not hurt by it. Like sure, if they beat Iowa State and TCU and Oklahoma and Baylor and Oklahoma State, and then they can go in. But like they have a, they could potentially lose their next four games or five games, like very easily. Sure, they they have wins against West Virginia and Houston, um, and I I don't think that's I, like I I honestly think that's more impressive than what a lot of teams have done so far. So if you're talking about a power yeah. ranking where you're just ranking the 25 best teams, then yeah, maybe not. But I just think that they, okay. as far as just a resume so far, I think yeah. It, why not? Let's have some fun, AP voters. <laughs> let's, let's get weird. Not a big deal. All right. Uh, Michigan 34, Maryland 27 in a game that was a lot closer than either one of you or I expected to it to be. Um, yes. Maryland hung tight. Like, they actually looked decent. Their their defense was not overwhelmed by Michigan. Right. right. Um, this was kind of the first team with any kind of pulse that Michigan played this year. Any major takeaways from this game? Blake Corum's really good at running the ball, mm-hmm. I guess. Like he had, yeah, 30 carries for 243 yards and two touchdowns. But yeah, like Maryland did like the like the the sneaky things. Because like usually if you if you would have told me that this game, what would it end up being? A it was a seven point game. Yeah, one yeah. touchdown game. Mm-hmm. And that like McCarthy actually played pretty well. No picks. Like actually wasn't terrible. So, yeah, I I don't really have a whole lot of takeaways. Like, I don't. <laughs> it's it's a win, which is a win. Like, Maryland can throw the ball well. Like, Tagovailoa is, is pretty good. And we know they've got, like, a lot of weapons at receiver. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, like, I don't have a whole lot for it. I, I mean, people are going to ask me when we get to the Georgia game, well, I'll pretty much say the same thing. Like, I don't have a whole lot for you. You you won, you, you beat a team, and you weren't maybe as good as you should have been. But Michigan played their – B minus C plus game and still won by one score against a big 10 opponent. Like, yeah, yeah, that's a win. And and they can make it all go away. If you know, yeah, if they blow out a team next week, like it all goes away. If you, if you dump Iowa next week for Michigan. So yeah, I'm, I'm not willing just to, to sound alarms. Yeah. I don't think there's a lot to take away from it personally. We'll, we'll find out more about Michigan in the future. All right. Georgia 39, Kent state 22. You're the resident Georgia fan. Um, what what happened here? <laughs> Obviously, it's a comfortable win, but I I heard somebody describe it as Georgia was just kind of playing with their food. Um, they're that kid that's you know they they were just playing with their food. They were yeah. actually, yeah. Well, yeah is that is that a fair description of what happened? Okay, so truthfully, I wouldn't know because I didn't want to play this game because it was on <laughs> SEC Network Plus. Ah, um, I, I so I, I I tried to listen to it. I listened to it as, but listening is just for the birds, man. That sucks. Yeah. But the yeah no, I kept up with it if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it was Georgia. Georgia never punted the ball. Like Georgia oh, wow. had over over five hundred yards of offense. They moved the ball. Lad McConkey can't seem to hold on to the ball for some reason, had a couple of fumbles and dropped a couple of touchdowns. He played just about as poorly as he could, but it will be fine. Like Stetson was still good and Brock Bowers is still a beast. Like, so yeah, yeah there, there are some Georgia fans that are just freaking out and losing their mind. And to, to those people out there, like I, yeah, I've been a fan long enough to like, this game doesn't bother me. Like, sure. I was there when like Georgia went to overtime with Georgia Southern fairly recently. That hasn't been that long ago. Georgia was playing in the Belk Bowl against Louisville <laughs> not that long ago. 
<laughs> they lost in a rainy day to Nebraska in the Tax Slayer Gator Bowl. Again, not that long ago. It's we. It's been an incredible five-year stretch, and there are some spoiled Georgia fans out there that think that we should have beaten them by 70. Maybe they should have. It, it doesn't matter. In the end of the day, it's a three-touchdown win against – uh, yeah, you played you played your C plus game. You didn't play mm-hmm. well. You didn't play very well. I don't know. I, it's Kirby Smart is thrilled with this result. This is everything oh, yeah. that he wanted. Like he would much re- he he would much rather have the the score be thirty nine twenty two than forty five zero because then the kids yeah. might actually think that they're pretty good. You know, like that's kind of he's kind of one of those guys, kind of like what Saban is. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm not not willing just to. I don't really know what happened. Like, I really don't. Like, they kicked too many field goals. Like, that's kind of the truth of the matter. Georgia kicks a lot of field goals right now. Yeah. So, they'll, they'll be fine. Like, yeah, not worried about it. I think they'll come out. I think they'll thump Missouri next mm-hmm. week, and we'll all forget about it. Here's the thing. If Georgia had beaten Oregon 39-22 to and Kent State 49-3, to no one would bat an eye at that. But right. the way it actually played out probably makes you feel better about their ceiling long term. So, uh, yeah, you might have a few more – fans that are in anguish um, wondering what the matter is, but yeah, George is going to be perfectly fine. It just shows, I think it just shows how long <laughs> you've been a fan. Like George has had a really good stretch the last five years, had an incredible stretch. It shows how long you've really been a fan of George. If this really bothers you, like if sure. this really bothers you, you have not been a fan longer than five years of Georgia because yeah. there's a lot of programs out there like, yeah, Texas and Nebraska and Florida state that would pay just unbelievable amount of money to have the last five years that George has had. So Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just take it and move on. That's just it's kind of the same thing as Michigan. Just just move on to the next one. Sure. All right, Baylor 31, Iowa State 24. And then this was actually a 31-14 to 14 game in the fourth quarter before Iowa State scored the last 10. Baylor, yeah, this was, this was kind of just a battle of the really good head coaches that are at overperforming programs. Like, right. And Baylor sort of sat on Iowa State. Like, <laughs> did you, yeah. were you able to watch any of this game at all? Bits and pieces. Yeah, bits and pieces. Dave Aranda's really good coach. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't know what you want from me here. This was a battle of <laughs> of the coaches that want or the okay. It's a battle of the coaches that Nebraska would like to have. They sure. might not get, but Nebraska would like either one of these coaches. Um, yeah, they're both good football teams. Like I don't have a whole lot more other than that. They're both good football teams. And it's like someone has to lose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Iowa State. It was Iowa State lost to Baylor this year. Baylor's just their 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 quarterback Blake Shapen. Mm-hmm. He's really efficient. Like he's just he's a very efficient thrower. The football takes care of it. No picks. Yeah, that's that's everything that a, that a Dave Aranda led team would want. Um, yeah, it's a pretty good match so far. Pretty good match for Baylor. It makes BYU like BYU beat Baylor. That's like that makes <laughs> just keeps improving BYU stock. I guess. Yeah. Okay. Auburn 17, Missouri 14 in overtime. This game was all kinds of weird. Um, Bruce Feldman reported before the game that <laughs> Brian Harson would be fired if Auburn lost this game, which is just kind of stupid. If you say that, that means you've decided you're going to fire him, so you might as well fire him. That's right. Um, if For anybody that watched this, Bazoo, with two timeouts, they had a first – and at the end of regulation, they had two timeouts left with like a minute to go, had a first and goal at the three-yard line, and decided to kneel it and try a field goal, and they missed the short field goal, That's went right. to overtime, gave up a field goal to Auburn, and then their running back was literally diving into the end zone, <laughs> lost the ball, 
and it's a touchback. Game over. Auburn wins. Craziest, like, yeah, I don't know. You, you these, didn't these quite do it are... justice. You didn't. Okay. Okay. There was, <laughs> he was walking in to score the winning touchdown in overtime. Yes. And there was no one in, like, he was by himself over there. And he reaches the ball out as he's crossing the, the, the end line there. And the ball just, like, comes out of his glove and just, yeah. like, goes through the end zone. Like, there was – he wasn't hit. It wasn't like he was just really, like, a helmet on the ball and, like, it pops free. No, he just, he just dropped the ball as he was going into the end zone. These two teams are awful. These yeah. two teams are absolutely <laughs> terrible. So, yeah, this was Missouri's chance. Like, I don't know if they'll win a game in the SEC unless they get Vanderbilt. Maybe they'll get Vanderbilt. But, man, these teams are bad. Auburn – Auburn won the game, but like it felt like a loss because they were up 14 nothing early and then didn't score again until overtime. Like and that was even a field goal. Like, yeah. So Harson hmm. Harson's gone. Like it's it's over. Like I just yeah, end it now for us, please, because it's painful to watch. There's there's literally no coming back. Like no. Yeah. It's it's so bad. I think their first I want to say it was their first drive of the game. They actually scored a touchdown. And they ran the ball 14 times and passed it zero. If I remember, like, if I'm getting that right, they yeah, literally no, right. do not like. They might as well have you or I out there at quarterback for all the good it would do them. Like, they cannot throw the ball. It's it's pathetic. Um, yeah, and they, they've somehow managed to turn Tank Bigsby into like a three yards in a cloud of dust guy. Tank Bigsby is yeah. one of the most exciting running backs in the SEC, and I feel sorry for him. I really do. Yeah. All right, TCU 42, SMU 34. Um, I believe that's the battle for the iron skillet or something like that. Um, Is it really obvious, iron skillet? Okay. I think that's right. And um, the big deal with Sonny Dykes, um, I think he was quoted before the game saying, like, if I was an SMU fan that bought a ticket, I would boo me too. <laughs> so, wow. so, yeah, it was just it was a fun game. Um, I didn't – or that's what I'm assuming just based on following the score a little bit. I was not able to watch it. Um, I had a lot going on on Saturday um, in the real world where uh, I had a rare Saturday where I had to work. Um, did you, were you able to watch any of this game at all? I did not watch a single play. I will be right. honest. So yeah, not much to add there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good for TCU though. There's a thought out there that TCU might be a sleeper in the big 12, which I think at this point, maybe everyone in the big 12 yeah. is a sleeper. Like, so. like who's not. Yeah. I was going to say like, as opposed to, Someone who's not like Texas might not be a sleeper. <laughs> they might they might just be bad. But um, yeah, like everyone's kind of a sleeper. The Big Twelve is completely wide open. If it's Kansas so and TCU open. are undefeated right now, and Oklahoma and Texas have three losses combined, like we don't yeah we don't know what we're doing anymore. We're just gonna we're just gonna uh, kind of it's like like in in NCAA football you can just like auto sim through like a whole season. Yeah, it's kind of like what we get with just a whole bunch of random teams undefeated at the end. Yep. Yeah. Okay, huge upset. Middle Tennessee, 45. Miami, 31. And this game was never really that close. Middle Tennessee was just leading the whole way, basically. Um, Miami's offense looked like crap. Tyler Van Dyke actually got <laughs> benched for a bit. Jake Garcia had to come in. Um, their yeah. corners got absolutely torched over and over and over for long passes by Middle Tennessee State. What do you <laughs> – where do you even start? What do you take away from this game? I don't even know, dude. Like, what what are what am I supposed to say? Like, Middle Tennessee had 408 
passing yards and there was an 89 yard touchdown or no, sorry, an 89 yarder. Somehow it wasn't a touchdown and a 98 yarder, which was a touchdown. Yeah. There was also a 69 yard pass. Like they're just, yeah. Throwing bombs and, and Miami just didn't call it. Didn't cover deep, <laughs> which that's the thing. Like Miami has talent. Like Miami, some of Miami's DBs are five stars. Actually a number of them are. Um, yeah. So I, I don't really have any really good answers here for you. <laughs> I, I do think there is something. Um, there's a slight chance, and I say this <laughs> very carefully. There's a chance that Mario Cristobal is Jimbo Fisher. Hmm. Great recruiter, relatively decent program builder. Yeah. yeah. Just crappy offensive coach. Um, and I also think that Josh Gaddis might be low-key trash. <laughs> um, I know he won the Broyles Award last year as the best assistant in college football. Michigan's offense is better this year. Yeah. Michigan's offense is better without him. Um, yeah. And basically, if you if you look at what Michigan did, they kind of went back to the old Harbaugh manball stuff last year when they were actually good on offense again, as opposed to what Gaddis really was doing the previous year or two when they weren't very good. (laughs) So yeah, I think obviously on paper that looked like a great hire and yeah, I just don't know that it's going to work out. Uh, That's it's obviously it's not very deep into the season. That's probably overreacting. Um, And I'm I'm speaking specifically of the Gattis hire, not the Cristobal hire. I think the Cristobal hire still works out fine, but I think there's a chance that maybe five years from now, Miami is, going nine and three when they think they should be going 11 and one or 12 and out. Yeah, no, that's, that was kind of the complaint for crystal ball at Oregon too. He could always yeah. recruit. He had dudes there. Some of the, he made Justin stuff. Herbert look average. That's right. Some of the in game stuff, you were just sitting there kind of scratching your head. Not sure. Like, like what are we doing here? He has two of the best middle linebackers in all of college football. And mm-hmm. sometimes they, they kind of disappear. Like you can't even see him sometimes. So yeah, no, it's, it's not the first time that like that criticism has been headed his way. Yeah. Okay, here's an, here's a team that is definitely overperforming this year. Minnesota 34, Michigan State 7. Minnesota yes. has just laid waste to their entire schedule and now they finally have a team on there that you have to like seriously take notice of, which I think Michigan State might actually kind of suck this year. But Minnesota, they also this was basically a shutout. Michigan State scored a touchdown in the last minute to make it to get their only score. It was 34 to 0 before that. Right. Minnesota's legit good. Michigan State is probably pretty bad. Um, <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you agree with both of those statements? <laughs> no, I do. 100%. <laughs> Minnesota has one of the largest margins of victories in all of college football. They trail only Alabama in margin of victory um, wow. aver- averaged out. It's almost 40 points a game right now, 39.8, so almost 40 4-0 against the spread. I mean, Vegas can't make a number big enough for them. They're just hammering <laughs> everybody. Um, yeah, I like they're good, dude. Like you have Tanner yep. Morgan, who's there. I mean, he's been there for like just freaking forever. Mm-hmm. Um, Ibrahim's like he was back. Remember, he got hurt the first of last year against Ohio State, missed a full year. He's back, had 100 yards rushing and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. They've got weapons. PJ, like Fleck, they are rowing the boat. I think, isn't that their thing? Yeah. Don't they row yeah. the boat? They That's row right. the boat. So yeah, four and zero, and like I like I just full disclosure, I'm making them one of my locks this week. I, nice. I haven't even well, I have looked at the number. 
but it wouldn't really have mattered the number. They're just hammering everybody. So yeah, mm-hmm. with you on Minnesota, by the way, you called them to win the big 10 West. <laughs> I'm just, Hey, that, that looks really freaking good right now. That looks really good. It could still go wrong. Their last two games are against Iowa and uh, Wisconsin. Um, but yeah, I, by the I also said that I would take the field over them. So don't give well, me too much credit. But but no one else, like, that's not something that many people put out there. Most people said sure. Wisconsin, a few sprinkled in Iowa. Yeah, not many went with um, the Golden Gophers. The Gophers, as they call them in Minnesota. <laughs> yes. All right. Uh, Texas Tech 37, Texas 34 in overtime. Huge win in Lubbock. Lubbock. Did I say that wrong? Anyway. Lubbock. Yeah. Lubbock. Um, yeah. Rough look for Texas. Um, this is <laughs> – we've seen this now a number of times Yeah. under Sark. Like, yeah. I know that Ewers was out, no. but this should not happen, should it? No. No. No, it shouldn't. Texas was one of my locks of the week, full disclosure, Same. at halftime. At halftime, it was 24-14. to 14. Feeling really good. Feeling excellent about it. And the Texas Tech coach in the locker room postgame said that Texas quit, that they made Texas quit. <laughs> and, like, dude, that's so telling, man. That is mm-hmm. so telling. Coaches don't say stuff like that if they don't mean it. Like, he knows yeah. that's going to get out there. They, like, he thought that they made Texas quit. I don't, yeah. I mean, they did. They did. Like, to, mm-hmm. to go and outscore, outscore a much more talented team. I mean, they still had B. John Robinson. They still have Xavier Worthy, Jordan Whittington. Like, Texas still had weapons. Mm-hmm. And you went out and you shut them down in the in the second half in overtime. They scored a combined 10 points in third, fourth quarter, and overtime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I Like, head scratcher. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't have much for you here. There's no analysis that's just like groundbreaking that I can give you. That was just a really poor game from Texas. I think the probably my biggest takeaway is just that the Texas defense looks more like the Texas defense of the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, the one major, like, I, I think you have to view the Alabama game as an, as the outlier, their defense played out of their mind that game. Yeah. But other than that game, it's just, that's, their defense has just not looked all that good. And I think if Texas and Alabama played again and Alabama was a 20 and a half point favorite, I might take Alabama again. <laughs> I, I, I like honestly it. might. I, I like yeah, it. I just feel like that that is the game that is the outlier until proven otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. No, agreed. It's like it's a team that played up to Alabama for one week. For 60 yeah. minutes, they, they played up to Alabama, lost the game emotional loss and they haven't really got back to that state since yeah in 2019 we saw them hang with a ridiculous lsu team for a while that's right that's and, right i mean that was not the same texas team the rest of the year um and yeah exactly. so that's yeah there's some issues there that they might take a little longer to, to work through those than we maybe anticipated okay one of the biggest games of the day tennessee and florida tennessee breaks their losing streak Beats Florida 38-33. to Hendon Hooker is the truth. The truth. Um, Anthony Richardson also played well at over 400 passing yards, and they still lost. <laughs> over 450 passing yards. This dude couldn't hit water. He fell out of a boat against Kentucky, and he's dicing Tennessee up. It, yeah, that was shocking to watch. What? 
I mean, what what are what are the major takeaways here? Because it feels like you can feel you can come out of this feeling pretty good about the direction for both of these teams, right? It was ab- absolutely a moral victory if you believe in such for Florida, because sure. Florida ab- Florida could have quit in this game many times, and they were Florida was froggy in this game, like they were right <laughs> there with them the whole time. T- Tennessee's offense is a buzzsaw, especially at home, especially mm-hmm. like. Even early in the game, like it just looked like it, it just hummed. It just did. Hooker is really good. The receivers are really good. Um, yeah, Brew McCoy, you remember him, the five star mm-hmm. that bounced his way around USC, a couple other places, ends up now in Tennessee, mm-hmm. and he had over a hundred yards uh, receiving, long touchdown. Um, yeah, Jalen Hyatt, good receiver. They they were good. Like Tennessee's really good, and Florida. We talked about the moral victories. This is one of those. Mm-hmm. Florida's not as good as Tennessee this year. They're not. That's not. They're not mm-hmm. as good of a football team. But they played up to that level. This they played up to that level. Richardson, like that was the Richardson that beat Utah. Like we yeah. Richardson beat Utah almost by himself. It felt like in week one, and then he completely disappeared. And they should have lost the next two to Kentucky and 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 USF. They ended up beating USF, but. The quarter, like he's there, he's fine. Richardson's the guy. He threw for 450. Yeah. He threw for 450, only one interception, and he doesn't really have great weapons to throw to. Like that's the thing. He doesn't mm-hmm. have great receivers. That was impressive. Like they're going to be, they're going to be competitive with someone. And I think Florida's going to sneak up and get somebody later on in the season that they shouldn't. Like like they're going to mm-hmm. sneak up and 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 pick someone off later in the year. I was impressed with him. I think Napier he has a bunch of fighters like they get there and and they they fight so i i watched every bit of this game it was a really good game um yeah i'm credit credit really to both of these teams i think both of these teams have to feel good going forward yeah i think this game left me i come away from it feeling better about tennessee for the season and i feel better about florida just as a program i think yeah 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 I don't necessarily feel, and I think I agree with you that Florida can beat somebody they're not supposed to later this year, but this is like, like Napier was a really great hire. I really believe that. And if he can figure out how to recruit in a, at a top 10 level, like they're going to be very good. (laughs) They're just going to be very good. I, I think that if, I think we had a bit of a debate in the off season about Napier versus Cristobal. Um, Yeah. Right. I was a little bit more on Napier. You were a little more on Cristobal. And I kind of came to your side after the first couple of weeks of the season. Well, it, it was very <laughs> impressive what Cristobal is doing. Yeah. Yes. I Obviously, it's four games into each tenure. We can't make a call. I feel good about Napier. Like, I really think that this is going to work out to some degree. I'm not saying he's gonna necessarily going to win titles, but that was a great hire. Yeah. He just he seems to know what he's doing, and I like coaches that make good decisions on game day and recruit well, and have their team prepared. Like all of those things, he might not be the best in the country at any one particular thing, but I don't know that he has any glaring weaknesses as a head coach. And the players show up and play for him. Like, yes. like Florida fought like in mm-hmm. that game against a team that was more talented than them overall and had had just was clicking more. I mean, second year head coach, like they had more stuff established, but Florida sat there and, and fought back in that game. And, and yeah, mm-hmm. I was impressed by that as well. 
So just really quick, one month from now or so, uh, number seven, Kentucky plays number eight, Tennessee. Yeah. The winner of that will almost certainly be the second best team in the East, the SEC yeah. East. Who do you think yeah. is going to win that game today? So, so, so I had Kentucky in the preseason as being second place in the SEC East, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to stick with that. Kentucky's okay. done nothing to convince me otherwise. Now they haven't been impressive in games, but they have won those games. Sure. Yeah. I, that game is in um, Neyland Stadium in Knoxville, a home game for Tennessee, which is a big deal. That stadium was bouncing yeah. um, Saturday, and it probably will be against Kentucky. So, yeah, it's they're both top ten teams right now. Like that's crazy. Yeah. They're both top ten teams right now. So, um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Kentucky for a little longer. All right, I'll stick with Tennessee. Uh, either way, it's gonna. I think that, that's gonna be a huge game. Yeah, <laughs> especially yeah, if both is. of those teams can kind of like continue their momentum going forward right. and don't have a couple of losses or whatever. Okay. Um, here was an unranked matchup, but one of your games to watch of the week, obviously I watched it as a Notre Dame fan, Notre Dame beat North Carolina 45 to 32. Um, they went scoreless in the first quarter. North Carolina was up seven to zero. And then, then it was pretty much all Notre Dame after that. Um, this game was not as close as that score actually indicates North Carolina scored the last two touchdowns of the game, and Audric Estime um, could have had yet another touchdown when he fumbled right before reaching the goal line. So this game was really more like a 52-20 to 20 type of game. Right. Um, <laughs> I came away feeling quite encouraged as a Notre Dame fan. Just, And also, if you're a North Carolina fan, like you have to feel so bad about your defense. Uh, <laughs> Gene Chizik is not the real deal. I'm sorry. Like that was, a t- it's just not going to work out a defensive coordinator. Um, they gave up 35 first downs to Notre Dame. 35 of them. 35. Yeah. That is the most first downs a Notre Dame team has had in a game since 1974. Yeah. That yeah. is insane. Like that is, wow. <laughs> you know how you hear, you hear the, you hear the phrase, you know, you're nickel and diming the other team to death. With North Carolina, you can kind of dime and quarter them to death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I like that. You just take actually just a whole dollar. Like just, just one dollar. <laughs> just, you're not necessarily going to hit a ton of 50-yard plays, but take all the 12-yard gains you want because they are just there for the taking. No matter That's what right. you're running, you can run the ball, you can pass the ball. It does not matter. It's just going to work. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's. I'm a little hesitant to give a whole – like I don't know how much we can – definitively say about the Notre Dame offense about this. But a week ago, I said that their defense is top 10 and their offense looked, um, what was the word I used? Uh, Competent, different word. I I used a different word, but that was essentially the idea. That's kind of what a functional, I think was the word. They they looked like what a functional offense would do against a just terrible defense. Mm -hmm. Um, And maybe even a little better than functional. Drew Pine looked pretty good. He did. Um, Completed a 30-yard pass down the middle to Lorenzo Styles, his first touchdown of the season. Um, yeah, and Michael Mayer was a beast yet again. And it was helped by the fact that North Carolina decided, hey, maybe if we can't cover him, let's just not even try. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, my main takeaway from this is that Notre Dame looks relatively decent on offense. And North Carolina's defense is so bad. It is just yeah. terrible. Um, yeah. Drake May is pretty good. Threw five he touchdowns. Yeah. Um, and some of that was a little bit fake. I mean, there was two of those that were when the game was well out of reach. But, like, 
<laughs> the main takeaway from for North Carolina is yeah, Drake May is good, but also like their defense is just so trash. Did you watch any of this game? Just a, a very little bit. There was yeah, I was more glued in. This was at the was this the three thirty window? Wasn't this yes, the three thirty window? Yeah, yep. it was just a loaded window, and yeah. I was trying to watch Tennessee Florida. Uh, there's um, another game I was I was also watching that, and this here was like game number three that I was mm-hmm. just sneaking in a little bit if the other two were on commercial or whatever. So yeah, yeah, th- the first downs is incredible. Time of possession, it's <laughs> I mean yeah, like it was almost forty minutes possession for Notre Dame, close, like completely dominant, just completely dominant. It didn't yeah, as long as you didn't drop the ball like while you're running to the end zone, you score touchdowns against North Carolina, and they like. This was only their first loss. They, North Carolina was actually 3-0. Yeah. As much as we talk about how bad their defense was, they're mm-hmm. still, like, they gave up. You're right. They give up lots of points. They do <laughs> score quite a few. Like, yeah. they score quite a few points. And yep. maybe in the ACC, that's maybe, like, they can sure. probably win eight or nine games just by scoring that many points. Defense is completely optional. It looks like they mm-hmm. don't try. Like, it looks like they legit don't try. So, yeah, I – Good for Notre, Notre Dame. Notre Dame's offense needed this. I think Notre yes. Dame's offensive coordinator needed this. Yes. Just a, a game where everything just goes right. It just goes mm-hmm. right. Like they scored 24 points in the second quarter. Like how long had it been since they had done that? Like it just <laughs> felt like an eternity. So yeah, it just, it was a feel good game for Notre Dame mm-hmm. and a game that like a big win against an undefeated opponent needed it. Yeah. And I'll give I'll give Tommy Reese some props. I've been kind of hard on him in the past. And I didn't yeah. realize he was playing a terrible defense, but he did call a good game. That he he made some timely calls, he made some creative play calling, um, and yeah, just another stat that kind of encapsulates like the the North Carolina defense as well as the style of offense Notre Dame is going to play. They had three running backs. Notre Dame did with over 100 total yards, um, which I believe is like the first time in school history that's ever happened. Um, so yeah, it it did not matter. <laughs> like I was legitimately saying to myself in the second quarter already. I mean, I hope they, <laughs> I hope they have enough running backs to go around because they might be tired by the end of the game because they're just going right. to be pounding it the entire time and it's going. Okay. So yeah, had to feel good about it if you're Notre Dame, North Carolina not so much. Um, going forward, uh, let's see. The next game we want to talk about here is Oregon, forty-four, Washington State forty-one. Kind of a crazy, yeah. wild game. Yes. Um, how much of this did you see? And do you have major takeaways? Yeah, a bit. Um, Bo Nix is sneaky good. Like, he has these <laughs> games. And this is the Bo Nix experience. Like, you have the Georgia yeah. game early on, and it's just like, what, what is he doing? Like, you can't score anything. Since then, Bo Nix and Oregon have rebounded. They're pretty, they're pretty good. Washington mm-hmm. State is actually a good football team. Bo Nix had 400 and almost 430 yards, three touchdowns, only the one interception. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's what you like that. Yep. That's all you're asking for from, from Bonex. You're not asking him to do anything more than that. That is, that is incredible. So yeah, they, they ran the ball well too. It wasn't just, just throwing Oregon's offense looked really good. Mm-hmm. Oregon's defense was not phenomenal. Like right. it, it wasn't phenomenal, but yeah, it's, at the end of the day, still a win. Like we have to, I think we have to get over some of these, some of these notions that like it was a win, but against a less impressive team. And that like actually is degrading for you. Like, no, <laughs> it's a win. And you're like, it's just about your record. It's really about your record. Just keep winning every game. This mm-hmm. is really big for Oregon. They showed it's signs of, of positivity on offense. Like they're getting better. Oregon's getting better on offense. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm, a, I'm surprised by 
how pretty how Washington State has played pretty well this year, despite yes. Cameron Ward, who we kind of thought would have to carry them on his back. Like he's he's been okay. He's also right. thrown like five interceptions this season. Yeah. He had two right. against Oregon. I'm I'm surprised how well they're competing even with him making some mistakes. Um, he threw a very costly pick six at the end of that game when they yeah. were driving That's to right. take the lead. Um, yeah, but props to, honestly, both teams. Um, Oregon bouncing back nicely from that Georgia demolishing so far, and right. Washington State also showing showing a lot of fight this year so far. Right. Washington State has a three-game st- stretch where they go at USC, at Oregon State, and then home for Utah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's great that they feel good now, but like you're not winning those games. Yeah. So enjoy enjoy your feel good moments right now. Sure. All right. Uh, one score. We don't have to talk about this game really. Kentucky thirty one, Northern Illinois, Northern Illinois twenty three. I just yeah. thought it was notable um, because Kentucky is a top ten team now and seemed to seem to have some trouble um, with a G five team. Any concern at all? Just real quick before we move on. Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe a little bit. Like Northern Illinois is not good. They've hugely underperformed this year. They're, they're they've not been very good. Northern Illinois mm-hmm. um, would have liked to see the offense maybe do a little bit more. Will Levis had four touchdowns, no interceptions. Like can't really blame him too much. Mm-hmm. Thirty-one points against a team that's like not a very good defense. Like, yeah, yeah, I'd like to see more. Maybe just a little bit more. But again, it all goes away. Like it all goes away if Kentucky keeps winning. So. Yeah, they have a huge game this weekend against Ole Miss. Yeah, maybe they just kept a few things in the bag, and just kind of a vanilla mm-hmm. offense because they can. They knew they could beat Northern Illinois, saving some stuff for later in the year, um, starting this next week. Yeah, the one thing I'm looking for with Kentucky going forward is what kind of offensive line play do they get? It has not been their typical great offensive line play the first several games this year. Could change. That could turn around. We see offensive lines gel midseason all the time. So we'll see going forward. All right, uh, maybe the game we were looking forward to the most, Texas A&M and Arkansas in Arlington. A&M pulls it out 23-21. to Arkansas has a field, a game-winning field goal at the end, hit the top of the upright, fall oh. backwards. Um, I've already seen it referred to as the oink-doink <laughs> nah. because Arkansas is the pigs. Um, yeah, I like it. All right. So A&M was favored by two and a half, so we at least got our lock win on this game. Um, yeah. But I, I have to believe, like, deep inside, we were both probably rooting for Arkansas to win out, right? <laughs> yeah, it, it wasn't even that deep inside. It was pretty <laughs> outward as well. Like, yeah, it's – Arkansas is all that's good in the world. A bunch of young, up-and-coming guys who've been told that they've been – that they're not very good, and they're mm-hmm. getting there. Like, Sam Pittman is the Ted Lasso of college football. Like, he's kind of that guy. And Jimbo Fisher – Jimbo Fisher is slimy. Like he just really is. Um, did you see his sons in in the in the post the post game press conference? Like it was like his boys. They were up there, and the one of them literally has like thousands and thousands of dollars of like necklaces and jewelry on with his little snapback. And it's like like the kids. I, he way too old. Way too old. He's like twenty years old or something. Like he's older than some of the players probably. And it was I don't know. I it really annoyed me that that kick did not go in like I, yeah. words don't quite describe how much that annoys me that that Arkansas lost that game because I felt overall Arkansas was the better team yes A&M was so stinking lucky I mean okay yeah. the field goal the field goal was part of it the the fumble which oh. the fumble which you, 
I, I've never even seen that happen like in real life. It's 99 <laughs> yards, and it should have been 21 to seven in AM. You feel like it's almost done. Mm-hmm. Somehow they get the fumble and, and they're running it back. And the, he's as by he the way, so I should just explain what, what we're talking about here. Arkansas was up 14 to seven. Is that correct? Yes. And they were driving and they get they had a first and goal at the three yard line. KJ Jefferson, their quarterback, just straight QB power, was running up the middle. Um, it was first down. He he decided to try to leap over the line with the ball outstretched, um, which was just terrible decision. I mean, it's first down. You got four chances to pound it. Um, just high and tight, baby, and get your yard. Um, but the ball was knocked out. Um, AM recovered it and then continue. You were kind of sharing what was happening on the play there. Yeah. So AM's running the ball back. The I believe it was Rocket Sanders, the running back, goes to tackle the AM returner. And another, I think it was, I forget what what was the name. Was it Richardson? The safety for AM comes and literally takes the ball yeah. away and proceeds to run like 70 yards for a touchdown. Yeah. And that was deflating for Arkansas. Like that took the juice mm-hmm. right out of the building for him. Um, yeah, I. It's it was really hard to watch. Max Johnson was completely. He was throwing balls. Did you watch this game? I don't know if you watched it much or not. He was he was fluttering balls all over the field, yeah. <laughs> and and somehow, like in the spirit of Johnny Manziel, where it only finds the guy that the yeah. end receiver, like it's a complete duck in the middle of the field, and it's somehow only his guy gets it. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, made no sense. It made no sense that AM won this football game to me. Mm-hmm. Um, we we did we we did have a lock on Arkansas that did hit, but Arkansas was so much the better team in this game. Like yeah. if you watch this game at all, Arkansas was the better football team, and nine times out of ten would have won this football game. Um, I feel bad for them that they didn't. Yeah. By the way, like on that fumble return. Well, first of all, if you don't fumble, eventually Arkansas is going to score go up by two touchdowns. They're going to win the That's game. Right. That's right. On the return, if he's actually tackled at the 30-yard line or whatever, and then AM has to go 70 yards on offense, like that's like <laughs> that's probably not going to happen. So yeah. like it was AM's best offensive play that of the game was the was the handoff on the fumble return. Like yeah. It, <laughs> <laughs> well, look at the stats. Here Arkansas had more first downs, more total yards, more passing yards, more rushing yards, more time of possession. They were <laughs> Arkansas was two two on fourth downs. They had a better third down efficiency. Like AM's offense was not very good. And yeah. they beat a top 10 team. And that's yeah. kind of frustrating for me. Yeah, it is. Sure. Okay. Ohio State 52, Wisconsin 21. Um, this was the big evening ABC game, but I feel like probably um most of us knew sort of how it was going to go. Um yeah. any any surprises or any takeaways here? No, <laughs> no, no, is not really. Is no. Wisconsin bad? Yeah, maybe they, they they could be like like there's there's a possibility. This is a team that lost to Washington State seventeen to fourteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was two weeks ago. We like people forget about that. But look at the rest of their schedule. Like they're playing Illinois this week. Like they can beat Illinois. Then they're playing Northwestern. They can beat Northwestern. They better Michigan be both State. of those two. They can beat yeah. Michigan State and Purdue and Maryland. In Nebraska, like, yeah, they're they're not like this is this is Wisconsin, man. Like, yeah, like they're probably going to be nine and three, eight and four territory at the end of the year, mm-hmm. and they have a huge game against Minnesota, the last game of the year. 
if they win that, they, they could go to the Big Ten champion. Like, <laughs> like they, they easily, yes, they're, they're kind of bad right now. And it looks not great. And Graham Mertz threw for 94 yards last week. <laughs> Had a 15 QBRs. QBR is 15. Mm-hmm. And, like, they still could win the Big Ten West. That, that's, that, that's Wisconsin, man. That's who they are. Yeah. So how good is Ohio State? Compare them to Georgia and Alabama right now. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, really good clicking on offense running game also really good 200 yard rushers like it's not just throwing so yeah you you don't have jackson smith and jigba right now and mecca kabuka is really good marvin harrison jr fleming's back remember julian fleming like yeah. the, the number one overall receiver in his class mm-hmm. and the defense is improved the defense is improved so yeah they, they could I, I hate to put him up against Alabama and Georgia right now. It's so hard to know. Like it's mm-hmm. so hard to know. Yeah. They look, I, they look, they look really good. They look really good. Yeah. I, I know Harrison wasn't even like nearly the leading receiver in this game, but I did hear a whisper from someone that uh, if he was eligible to go to the NFL draft next year, they think he might go ahead of um, JSN. Jackson Smith no, and Jake. <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, no. We know better. That's that's not smart. That's not smart. Yeah, it's not. I just think it does speak a little bit to kind of just the level of talent Ohio State has in that receiver room. It's ridiculous. It really yes. is. Okay, another huge upset. Another top 10 upset. Kansas State 41, Oklahoma 34. Kansas State has now beaten Oklahoma three of the last four years. Yeah. They just seem to have their number. Um, Oklahoma was humming along this season, looking great looking like the clear-cut big 12 favorite yeah and then as he always does adrian martinez (laughs) just destroyed them i'm kidding obviously because adrian martinez does not have a great history of of destroying defenses but he played out of his mind that game four rushing touchdowns i believe one passing um and kansas state just figured out a way and oklahoma kind of looked like it kind of looked like the Alex Grinch defense of the last several years where they ran into a buzzsaw. I just couldn't figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> the, when the buzzsaw is Adrian Martinez, like your defense has some holes when he is absolutely <laughs> just ripping um, run after run off against your defense. There, there, there was, a, I think, a third and 16 or third and 12. This was late fourth quarter. OU has a chance to get the ball back. Martinez runs for like legitimately 50 yards before anyone touches him just like on a, like it wasn't a designed run. He just takes the snap and then like, Oh, gone. And mm-hmm. yeah, he just wasn't even touched. And that is like, you don't see that happen at Georgia, like in Georgia's defense, even Ohio yeah. state, you don't, you don't see that happen. Just a total missed assignment. Like mm-hmm. you had to know that, that Martinez was very much, at least, at least he was, it was very a high possibility that he was going to run the ball there. And mm-hmm. you had you had no one, no spy, nothing, and it was all left. So, yeah, Oklahoma, that's that's a gut check for them. Like they were, I had them as like a sneaky playoff contender through mm-hmm. three weeks. After four weeks, it's a little different story. Yeah, yeah. Dylan Gabriel's a stud. Um, Oklahoma's sure. quarterback, though, no doubt. But um, yeah, some things to fix on the defense, we could say. Yeah, I think it's probably fair to assume that Oklahoma could still easily be a 10, 10 and two type of team. Yes. Um, but we probably have to back off a little bit on some of the playoff hype for them, which probably is which playoff. is no 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 big deal. I mean, he's Brent Venables' first season; he's recruiting well, so yeah. All right, USC seventeen, Oregon State fourteen. 
Um, we complained about this game being on the Pac-12 network. I think it probably would have been fun to watch. Yeah. Um, we both had USC as a lock. We did. To cover six and a half, I believe. Yeah. They won the turnover battle four to zero. I know. And somehow only won this game by three points. Um, what happened here? Because they didn't turn the ball over an offense. Oregon State is not exactly known for an incredible defense. USC has done nothing but just score bunches of points on everyone this year. Yet they scored 17. What, what in the world? <laughs> they, they had 14 of those points in overtime. So they had three points going into the fourth quarter. This was USC's offense, which was scalding like literally all year. They're absolutely smashing people. 14 of those points in the fourth quarter. That, that's what, yeah, that's what yeah. I said. Like, like they had 14 of their 17 in the fourth quarter. They entered mm-hmm. the fourth only with a field goal. Yep. M- made zero sense to me. Mm-hmm. It was a tough loss for us in the locks. Yeah. Truthfully, truthfully, they were just lucky to get out of there with a win. And we're yeah. being really honest. Like, that's a come from behind win. And yeah, I don't understand it, especially when you have four interceptions. Like, Oregon State had 170 passing yards, mm-hmm. no touchdowns, and four picks. That should be. <laughs> To me, that should be like, yeah, 45-10, 45-17 territory for USC, and mm. it's a 17-14 slugfest. So Oregon State, good coach, good coach. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you're high on Oregon State this year. I am, yes. Um, I was very frustrated that this game was on the Pac-12 network, and they're doing it to us again this week. So we'll talk really? about that. Yeah. Okay. Oregon State is now playing Utah this week on the Pac-12 network. So. Nice. Yes. Love that. Yeah, it's ridiculous. All right, one final game to cover from last week. Washington 40, Stanford 22. Washington, uh, (laughs) their offense is humming right along. Um, Yes, it is. They are looking quite good. If Well, okay, so we just talked about USC looking a little bit down. Um, Is there a chance, like, is there a chance Washington, like, contends for the Pac-12 this year? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, oh yeah, I, I am buying in on all of the Washington hype right now. DeBoer is, okay, you mentioned, I think, in the preseason that you thought that they could, okay, how would you put it, Washington Washington could be this year's? Tennessee, well, what Tennessee was last year where they hired a good offensive coach from a, after a previous head coach who was just like the kind of guy who just craps on his own team's offense. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I like that. I like, it's, hey, your guy Penix, like he left Indiana yes. and it was, and I, I wrote him off. I thought he was kind of washed. Like it was a really bad last year for him there and absolutely has turned it on. Like they've hit a whole nother yeah. gear and Stanford, Stanford's really bad. Stanford is really a bad football team. They have a good quarterback and nothing else. Mm-hmm. So pretty much betting against Stanford is a pretty good yeah, indicator, but Washington, Washington's a good football team. They're going to be a tough out in the Pac-12, you're yep. not seeing, I don't know if you noticed this, you're not seeing USC run away with it and hide. USC mm-hmm. looks kind of beatable. Like Oregon is beatable. Utah is beatable. All these teams, there's tough teams, but they're beatable. So yeah, yeah I no, I like where Washington's at. I think they're they're in a sneaky place right now um, to, to, to get someone here at the end of the year. DeBoer has this crazy knack for getting his quarterbacks comfortable where it just yes. looks, they just look confident. Penix just yeah. looks confident every time he goes to throw the ball. And there's, there's something so big about that, about the kind of offensive mind that could just scheme things where, where there's no doubt you're just 
chunking it because you believe right. it's going to be there. And that's so big. It, whatever Texas A&M has is the opposite of what <laughs> Kalen DeBoer is. Like, yes. does that make sense? Like if mm-hmm. you put DeBoer in charge of A&M's offense and it's smooth, like, like that gets really exciting, but yeah, no a- agreement here. We talk about easy yards all the time. DeBoer is one of those guys that schemes easy yards. Yeah, sure. Okay, just a brief recap on the locks for the week. So uh, we were three and seven overall. Most of that was on me. Um, Ashton, you were one and two. I was two and five. So Ashton, your win was Arkansas plus two and a half. Um, Close losses, Texas minus six and USC minus six and a half. Your season record is still nine and five, still doing quite well. My wins for the week were Arkansas plus two and a half and Ohio State minus 18. My losses were Michigan minus 17, Texas minus six, Oklahoma minus 13, the outright loss there, USC minus six and a half. And then the one that bugged me was Iowa Rutgers. I had the under 36, 37 points were scored in this game. And there were two defensive touchdowns by Iowa, a pick six and a scoop and score. Um, this is one of those where you feel like you made the absolute right choice and you just still lose it. So the right choice is the one that gets paid. I didn't get paid on this one, but... Uh, yeah. So congrats to Iowa for having an overhit this year. <laughs> <laughs> it might be the only one that number was so stunningly low and yeah, they somehow sneak it out. So you said it was at 36 and, and the total was 37. Is that right? Yeah. I got it at 36 and by, by kickoff, I think it was down to 34. So like, okay. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I felt like I was on the right side of it. It just, I mean, when you have two defensive touchdowns, not much you can do. Yeah. There's just not a whole lot you can do. Okay, let's move on to week five. Um, starts Friday night. Washington is at UCLA. Washington, a two and a half or three point favorite. Um, what are you looking for in this game? Because I feel like both of these teams have actually been playing pretty well. Washington has been, has been a bit more high profile. Some of the sure. better teams they've played. UCLA just got done absolutely taking Colorado to the woodshed last week, <laughs> um, which everyone is doing to Colorado these days. That's right. Um, this is at UCLA, which makes me think maybe um, they have a chance, um, but Washington has looked really good. What do you think? Yeah, they have. UCLA has only played Bowling Green, Alabama State, South Alabama, and then Colorado, who, as you mentioned, is trash. So 4-0, and and it should mm-hmm. be, but yeah, not impressive wins. We've all been impressed with Washington. Like, we've we've already just been talking about that, so mm-hmm. – I like Washington. I think I think Washington will win outright. I think that's the side to be on if you're betting. Um, By the way, I, I just saw the line is up to three and a half, so I was it, wrong on the line. Yeah, yeah, it is. It's at three and a half. I I don't know if it'll be one of my locks. Um, it's it's one I have circled. Washington's the side for sure because UCLA, UCLA, we like they haven't played anyone, so it's yeah, mm-hmm. so hard to know. Washington has. Um, let's yeah, just gonna let that set for a little bit. Just gonna let that let that soak in there, but. Like Washington would be the side for me. How about you? Yeah, I think so. And I'm I'm also like jotting that down as a potential lock. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that towards the end of the episode here. But um, yeah, I, I do think that Washington has looked very impressive this year. And UCLA, like that doesn't mean they're bad or anything. They just haven't no. really played anybody. <laughs> right. We, we don't know. Like we don't yeah. know about UCLA. They're the unproven factor. Yeah, exactly. All right. Saturday, we have a pretty big showdown. Um, the big noon kickoff is Michigan at Iowa. Um, Michigan at 10 or 10 and a half point favorite. Um, is that updated? I'm sorry. 
Yeah, yeah no, 10 and a half. The, and over half under, yes. the over under is at up to 42 this week. Oh. So way ahead of 34 or whatever <laughs> it la- was last week. So, and by the way, Michigan's offense is humming. So that over under is that's that's a tasty line right there. I don't I've been holding off, but like mm-hmm. I th- I think yeah, I, I think Michigan can 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 get them. Like I really do. I mm-hmm. yeah, and then I mean just heaven forbid Iowa gets a defensive touchdown or something in there, that over <laughs> almost certainly hits. So yeah, it is in Kinnick though. Kinnick Stadium, right. Iowa City, which crazy things, dude. Crazy yeah. things. It's kind of like Auburn. Like they just have there's just some like a little bit of magic in there in that mm-hmm. field where yeah, wild things happen to top 10 teams like on the road. So yeah, yeah, it's mm-hmm. a spot just to be, be wary. Keep, keep an eye on that game. Yeah. As far as the spread goes, like this is one I would absolutely stay away from. Yes. Because I could see a lot of different potential outcomes here. Yeah. This does sort of feel like the type of Iowa game that is just going to get crazy and it'll be a close game in the fourth quarter and the place will be just absolutely bouncing. So yeah. We'll see what happens. All right, Kentucky is at Ole Miss. We referred to this game a little bit earlier. This is this <laughs> this is kind of a fun little fun little matchup here. Kind of a contrast of styles. Yes. Um, Kentucky hasn't exactly been lighting the world on fire recently, but they're they're undefeated, and that's what matters. They are a six and a half point underdog to Ole Miss right here. Um, does that feel about right to you with Ole Miss at home, or are you surprised that? The top 10 team is an underdog here. Yeah. You said top 10 team underdog. Like yeah. that just, that just, yeah. Have a hard time grasping that six and a half. That's like, that's a big number, dude. Like mm-hmm. Kentucky plays good defense. Yeah. Not I'm staying away from this one. I, mm-hmm. I don't have a good feel. This is just a game I'm staying away from kind of um, as a whole. Interesting mm-hmm. styles. You talk about the clash of styles that stoops in Kentucky fundamentals, defense, we're going to out-competent you pretty much versus yeah. Ole Miss. Lane Kiffin just running the ball up and down the field or throwing it. Yeah, either one. Just flying up and down the field, just breakneck pace. It's it's going to be good. It's going to be good TV. So Yeah. So I I think I kind of actually I, – I would almost be on the Ole Miss side here. I almost feel like they are a touchdown better at home maybe than Kentucky just because I trust them more. That said, like I'm not touching this game at all. Um, right, right. <laughs> Ole Miss hasn't yeah. really played anybody yet. Um, they've they're undefeated. Yeah, I don't know. This is this is the type of game you just enjoy and and don't <laughs> don't ruin your Saturday by betting on it. Start your noon window off with just some good watches. Just watch Michigan, yes. <laughs> Iowa, Kentucky, Ole Miss. Just enjoy yourself, um, and then get to the betting later on. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, Oklahoma is at TCU, coming off that loss to Kansas State. And TCU coming off a good win against SMU, Oklahoma a four and a half or five point favorite. What do you do? You have expectations because it is it does like if we'd looked at this line a week ago, we'd probably thought, okay, by the way, I'm wrong. The line is up to seven. Um, I wrote all these lines down a, a day ago, and now they're all changing. Um, does that make more a little more sense to you than four and a half or five? Yeah, I've got six and a half right now, and that's okay. updated. So, like, I I'll be taking Oklahoma at six okay. and a half. That's the side I would I would be on. I think bounce back game. I really do think it's going to be a bounce back game. Mm-hmm. It's on the road. It's in TCU. I don't care. I think Oklahoma's a really good football team. I think they had a bad week. I think we'll yeah. see them get back, get kind of back to where they were for the first couple of weeks of the year. 
Mm-hmm. So yeah, Oklahoma for me is the side to be on. I think simply because I think they're a, just a, a, a really good football team. I think they're mm-hmm. a much better football team than TCU is right now. Um, yeah, I, I'd be feeling fairly confident um, on, on Oklahoma. I don't hate that, but I also have, I have a theory that um, if we took the underdog in every single Big 12 game, we might turn out okay. <laughs> I do like that. I do like that. And we haven't had a lock fight this year. Like last True. year, we had a, a couple of lock fights. Yeah. I'm like, I'm ready for a good lock fight. Yeah. Uh, uh, boy, this week is a little tough on the locks. Like we say Vegas eventually figures these teams out. Yeah. It feels like we've started to get to that point of the season. Yeah, um, we have. It, it's, it's getting a little tougher for these. All right. Texas Tech is at Kansas State. Yet another um, Big 12 game that's kind of interesting. Texas Tech and Kansas State both coming off huge upsets huge wins for both of these programs and it's always interesting to see how teams kind of respond in those types of situations kansas state is a seven to seven and a half point favorite here yeah yeah seven seven to eight um eight yeah it, eight. it looks eight like right it varies now. quite a bit yeah um man i don't know like to me it almost feels like i would just take the points here and the underdog but <laughs> yeah yeah no don't hate it don't hate it staying away from it Simply because sure. I don't know how these teams are going to be reacting coming off of just the, a huge emotional win. It was both of their Super Bowls last week. Yes. Like Can- Kansas State Super Bowl is, is Oklahoma. Texas Tech's Super Bowl was Texas. Mm-hmm. You, you want them. You both want it. Like, how, how do you react? And and whoever has the least amount of hangover will, will win this game. I don't have a strong feeling on it. The number feels way too big. Kansas State at eight feels mm-hmm. almost like they know something we don't, which is kind of yeah. scary. So yeah, staying just kind of staying away from this one in general. Sure. All right, Purdue is at Minnesota. This this line has risen two points already in the last day. Yeah. Minnesota now a twelve or twelve and a half point favorite. It was ten or ten and a half earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Minnesota is just destroying teams. Is is this total high enough? Like because Purdue is not bad. <laughs> they're they're not bad, but Minnesota is crushing teams. Like yes, they are. absolutely absolutely smashing teams some of these teams are actually like half decent. Like we talked about, mm-hmm. like these aren't just nobodies that they're beating. They're beating some decent teams margin of victory. I, I talked about how it was only behind Alabama, mm-hmm. by the way. So it's Alabama, Minnesota, Michigan, then Georgia, then Ohio state. So of those five teams all have been playoff teams within the last two years, Minnesota is right up there in the top five with those four power. Good company. So, right. That's great. I love that. So I think, I think that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm, I would be Minnesota's the side for me. No number is too big until they lose. They're five, four and zero against the spread this year. Like they they can't mm-hmm. make a number big enough. Yeah, I'm. I'd be. I'm. I'm. You know, I think that the uh, the Minnesota side is tasty this week. They are. They are a good team. We talked about them a little bit, kind of in a recap of last week. Um, but yeah, yeah. It, it does feel like they almost have to be kind of the considered the favorite in the Big Ten West at this point. Right now, yeah, no doubt. Yeah. All right, Oregon State is at Utah. Uh, I love Oregon State. We've talked about this. Yet another good Pac-12 game that is on the Pac-12 network. So I will not be watching this game. Yeah, me neither. Um, what do you expect out of this game? Two really good football teams. Two extremely yeah. well-coached football teams, I mm-hmm. would say. Two teams that play above their talent level. Like, they're maybe not as talented as, as the most talented teams in the nation. Kind of a step below it. But they can play with anybody just because, mm-hmm. like, they have – extreme they're yeah just they're, they're a unit they have a really just a well-structured team really good culture it seems like for both these programs mm-hmm. um 
Yeah, I, it's unfortunate that we can't watch. By the way, like who right. has the Pac-12 network? Does any? <laughs> I I know nobody. I know a ton of college football fans. No one that I know has the Pac-12 network. So maybe right. it's yeah, East Coast bias. They could just chalk it up to some East Coast bias that we don't care enough to watch their football games. They should at least put their crappier games on there. Right. Not right. the ones that have Oregon State versus USC, Oregon State versus Utah, because those are low-key, really good games. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the Southern line is Utah by 10 and a half. That would be an Oregon State lean for me. Um, yeah. We'll see if, I, if it becomes a lock or not, but that, that would be my lean at this point. All right, a good ACC game. <clears throat> Excuse me. Wake Forest is at Florida State. Yes. Two teams that have – Looked pretty good. I would say Wake Forest has looked kind of as we expected. They they fought with Clemson pretty well last week. Right. Florida State has been a revelation this year. Um, they are favored by seven right. against Wake Forest, which says something that Wake Forest has played well this year, and they're still a seven-point underdog against this Florida State team. Florida State is really humming on all cylinders right now. That said, does this feel like maybe it's a bit high, or do you or can you see this line? maybe I, I can see the line. Like I, yeah, I can see where they're going, especially after watching wakes defense, I guess like Sam Hartman, like I take him in any number of points <laughs> like <laughs> against Florida state. Like he's been incredible. I will say there's actually a fairly low likelihood that this game even gets played. Um, mm. her, the hurricane coming through is threatening a lot of the Florida games this yeah. upcoming Saturday. Like, so I know, um, I think Florida university of Florida has a home game. I think it's against Eastern Washington. I've heard them talking about low likelihood that they'll end up playing it at all, unless they move it to a different site. So maybe this game gets played at, at a neutral site, or maybe they move it up to wake forest. Maybe they do a couple different things. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, something to keep an eye on for, for games this week is yeah. Just weather. I it's a hurricane, fairly strong hurricane, Florida state, Tallahassee right in the path of it just something to keep an eye on that would be a real shame if it was out outright canceled I hope they can find a place to play it because yeah this this would be a fun game to watch I believe no doubt all right Virginia Tech is at North Carolina nothing hugely notable from a nation from a national perspective here uh, but two brand names at least and I think we might learn a little bit about um kind of the the weak side of the ACC if you will um North Carolina, eight and a half or nine point favorite. Does that feel about right? Just kind of based on the way Virginia Tech has looked so far, which they kind of just got blown up by West Virginia. Yeah, but I mean, you're you're actually expecting the North Carolina defense to hold that big of a lead, which is, <laughs> that feels like a like a like a, a bit much. So yeah, just kind of staying away from that line just feels, sure. feels funky. We You mentioned Vegas getting good. Vegas is dialed. Like it, yeah. we, we had some advantage. There were some, some easy lines in the first couple of weeks. We, I think I started out, it was, I think I had a four no week, week one. Like it just mm-hmm. started, everything was just clicking. It was smooth. Yeah. It's um, it's going the other way. Like they are <laughs> catching up to us in a hurry. So yeah. just time just to kind of consolidate and, and fade teams. You mentioned like you like fading teams, like just teams that aren't very good. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to start fading units like the North Carolina defensive unit. There I'm going to go. like kind of <laughs> bet against them. So yes. the over under at 52, maybe that's something to take a look at. Maybe Virginia Tech's uh, offense gets right in this game. There you go. I like that. All right. Oklahoma State is at Baylor. This is another example of a top 10 team being an underdog against a top 20 team. Baylor, a two and a half point favorite. Did, yeah. They played twice last year. Once was in the Big 12 championship game. This is this is a fun matchup here. Oklahoma State has looked good. Um, 
this this year, and they they had a bye this last week. Baylor has looked really good, just coming off of a fairly dominant win against Iowa State. Right. Any leans at all? To me, this is like a toss-up completely. I don't know what's going to happen, but do you yeah. have any leans? No, total coin flip. Um, no, no money going out on this one at all. <laughs> from, yeah. from that standpoint, it, it's a coin flip just overall, like from from a, just a actual money line decision. Like I don't know who's going to win mm-hmm. this game. Um, both of these teams have looked good in stretches um, this year, and they're both very competent. Like we, we talked about coaches and and cultures this is another game where it's kind of the same thing, like both really well-run programs and they're, they happen to play each other and someone's going to lose. So yeah, just kind of staying away from it just as a betting standpoint, but a really, it'll be a fun game to watch um, just from a, a neutral, a neutral fan perspective. Exactly. Yet another game that you should not ruin your Saturday by betting on it. Just enjoy Correct. the game. Correct. Okay. Iowa state is at Kansas. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Iowa State a three or three and a half point favorite. It's garbage. It's garbage. They don't care about Kansas. Come on, Vince. You're you're with me on this one. Okay. It's the disrespect. The disrespect. So disrespectful. <laughs> all right. Is do you feel like you'll you'll find any time to watch this game at all, or is this just a game that you kind of slides by because there's so many other good games Saturday? Well, yeah. I mean, it's three thirty window. So we have Alabama, Arkansas, which we're gonna get to in a little bit, which I think is fascinating. We just talked about Oklahoma State, Baylor. That's also yeah. at the same time. Then Wake Forest and Florida State also at the same time if it's played. Yeah. Like this is number four, like in yep. in the three thirty window. It's just a loaded three thirty window. So, yeah. I mean, I, I like to say that I'm going to watch a, a bit, mm-hmm. but how much, I, I really don't know. I think that this is the type of game you really want to pay attention to the scoreboard. Like, you just kind of check the score yes. every once in a while. Right. And, and you'll learn something about these teams based on what happens. But maybe we don't have time to watch the actual game. <laughs> yeah. All right, you mentioned it. Alabama goes to Arkansas. Um. Arkansas coming off that really deflating loss to Texas A&M where it seemed like they were the better team. Sure. Alabama is a 17 point favorite here. I would, <laughs> that feels like a tempting line because I feel like Arkansas is probably better than that. But also mm-hmm. if you bet Arkansas, if you bet Arkansas, mm-hmm. by definition, you would be betting against Alabama. And do you yeah. want to do that to your Saturday? Who knows? I'm too smart. Yeah, I'm too <laughs> smart to bet against Nick Saban. Um, that said, 17 is a very large line. And Arkansas is a little undervalued, it feels like. Had they made that field goal, had Arkansas, had that ball been six inches to the left mm-hmm. and gone in and not hit the top of the freaking goalpost and went in, in there and Arkansas wins, what would the line be then? Because it feels like yeah. it would be more like more like. 10 11 something like that so it's a home game this is in Fayetteville this isn't in Bryant Denny Alabama struggled sometimes away from home I I could see this game getting a little close there third fourth quarter I mean Arkansas likes to run the ball they've got some decent receivers Mm -hmm. KJ Jefferson is a really good quarterback he is he can run and throw dual threat so Mm -hmm. not gonna bet on this game gonna just stay away from it Arkansas like would be the side like I would be riding yeah. on the Arkansas side, I think, even though that is so dumb because you're betting against Nick Saban, and why would you ever do that? <laughs> so forget the line for a second, because we're just—I think I'm with you. Like we're both just going to watch this game for fun and enjoy it. Yeah. Alabama hasn't—they haven't looked incredible in every single game this year. 
No. Like, is there a chance that there's an outright upset here for a really good Arkansas team? Yes. Yes, there is. Alabama's next three games at Arkansas, home against A&M. Remember, like, we've been waiting for Mm -hmm. on that game since the summer when Jimbo literally had the press conference. Like, since he called that press conference, we've had that game circled. And then after that, they go to Tennessee. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a very tough three week stretch. Like that's all in the next three weeks. Yeah, I think they could lose one of those games. I really do. I think they could lose one. I think Arkansas. Like yeah, no, I, you could absolutely convince me. I I'm not there. I'm not there by myself. But I could easily be convinced that Arkansas. KJ Jefferson has a really good game. I could see that happening. I could absolutely see that happening. So I'm not going to call it again. I've yeah. Saban's been around far too long. I'm again, too smart for that. Can't get me on that again, Hmm. but yeah, I could be convinced. That's all I'm going to say. I could be convinced. Definitely a game we'll be paying attention to. Yes. It it will be the number one game on my screen. No doubt. Yeah. Okay. A fun SEC matchup, Texas A&M is at Mississippi State. Yeah. Mississippi State, a three-and-a-half-point favorite here, which in some, on, on one hand kind of feels like surprising, and on the other hand feels perfectly right. <laughs> um, do you feel like you know what to expect from this game, or is this the type of thing where you're just like, who knows what's going to happen? It's, it's Mississippi State. They are either incredible or terrible. You just never know what's going to happen. AM, we know their defense is going to be good and their offense is going to suck. Like, did I sum it up or do you have more to add to yeah. that? No, no, that's <laughs> that's fair. Like, you're going to see a, an offensive system that is so smooth under Leach, where, where Rodgers is he's in complete control of that offense. Mm-hmm. And and I think you talked about it in early in the year, um, just about how their, their receivers, it's almost like they're receiver proof. Like it doesn't really matter who they have at receiver because the receivers will have a lot of yards in that offense. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, it's, it's, it's working out to that point. They're putting up points. I don't understand how they're favored <laughs> like at home. <laughs> I, I don't really understand that, but yeah. AM's offense doesn't give you any reason to think that they could win a shootout. If Mississippi state gets a couple touchdowns early, yeah, I know that's what Arkansas just did, and I thought AM would go away after those two touchdowns from Arkansas, and they didn't. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't think Arkansas or I don't think AM gets lucky a second week in a row. I don't like. Sure. I, I think, yeah, after that emotional game, I like Mississippi State feels like the side, and that's the thing. Vegas also kind of thinks that Mississippi State's the side, right? Like, if if how is Mississippi State a three and a half point? favorite against number 17 A&M who has way more talent you know what I mean yeah <laughs> like so yeah it's a little wink wink nod nod um Mississippi State's probably the side to be on I don't know if you see this tickets you can get in for as low as $14 no as way a, uh, from a ticket just for for some comparison here right uh-huh. the Gardner Webb Marshall game you can get into for $22 <laughs> so it only costs you eight more dollars to get into Gardner Webb Marshall than it does to get into Mississippi State A&M which is baffling to me. I don't understand that. Uh, yeah, all. I don't either. How does that make any sense? Because I feel like this is this has to be a huge game for Mississippi State fans. Yeah, it's like yeah, Super Bowl type levels. Like I don't, I don't understand yeah. from Mississippi State's perspective. All right. Okay, another SEC matchup in the evening. LSU is at Auburn. Yeah. A 
Oh, I better double check this line. It's, so I, it's up to nine now. Yeah, is it really? It keeps, it's skyrocketing. Yeah. Um, is there is there a number that's big enough though? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, probably not. Probably not. Arkansas, dude, so dang bad. There's, I mean, sorry, yeah. Auburn. I'm in Auburn. 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 Yeah, the 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 offense for them is is rough. I, I still have an eight out there, by the way. So do you? Yeah. yeah. I I don't. I would LSU is obviously clearly the side. If you can get them at eight, I mean, God bless yeah. you. I think it, I think it started out at seven, and it's yeah, yeah, it's it's quickly going up. So yeah, I I mean, I think I think this is it for Harson. I think his next loss will be his last loss at Auburn. Yeah. I think he gets the axe after probably this game. Like yeah, they just they they really had a a a God is an Auburn fan game. Like last week, where just things happen that don't make sense. Like I don't think they get two of them. And this is nationally televised. Yeah, I think LSU is actually sneaky good. LSU is the side to be on. I might make that one of my locks. I definitely have it circled already. Yeah, I was down on LSU before the season, and they've they've definitely played better than uh, I expected. Right. That's um, right. That that would be the side. We'll talk about our locks later, but yeah, that's that would be my lean at this point. Mm-hmm. Okay, West Virginia at Texas. West Virginia coming off a big win, and it was on a Thursday night, so slight, slightly a, a couple days extra um, to prepare here. Texas coming off that upset loss um, in Lubbock. Texas is a 9.5 or 10-point favorite here. Um, how much do we believe in our zone blitz darlings? <laughs> we believe in them a lot, but we don't believe enough to be putting okay. money on them against Texas in a revenge game or like a, a, a get right game for Texas. Right. Yeah, I just, eh, I'll just, I'll pass. Yeah, no, no lock of the week for me. We, we love West Virginia. Don't get me wrong. Rooting yeah. for them. Absolutely. Absolutely rooting for them. Uh, we're not, we're not going to be betting on them. At least Ashton's not going to be. Fair enough. That's kind of exactly how I feel. I would love to do it. I would yeah. really love to just go ahead and say, ah, that's too many points. West Virginia right. can cover that. But but <laughs> then you, you just never know. Like it could turn out to be Texas by 21 because they like, oh, okay, we need to bounce back from this embarrassment. But yeah. Yeah, that's right. All right. Huge evening game here. NC State is at Clemson. This is a top 10 matchup, I believe. Yes. Um, Clemson, the line's down to six and a half. Mm-hmm. It was it was a full touchdown. Right. Um, Clemson had trouble with Wake Forest last week, and I feel like NC State is maybe more of a complete team than Wake Forest. Yes. Um, maybe also a bit more frustrating in some aspects of the offense. Um, Very much so, yes. Devin Leary, good quarterback. Mm-hmm. DJ played well last week. He did. The defensive backs did not. They will did NC not. State Will NC State throw the ball enough to take advantage of that the way they should? Because no. they – no, Fair they enough. will not. <laughs> they, they, okay, no, but it's not just me, dude. Okay, the over-under to this game is 42 and a half. Wow. Like, that's like Iowa levels of low. Goodness. Yeah, I know. So like, Bo- Vegas is thinking that these teams are just going to kind of sit just sit on the ball pretty much. And yeah. no, it's going to be a KG affair. No one's going to be trying to yeah throw haymakers. And Clemson's going to figure out their, their secondary problems and play a little bit of defense. And that this game... Yeah, they get into the fourth quarter and it's 17-13, 17-14 type game, something like that. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, and then maybe a couple more touchdowns. Vegas thinks that it's low scoring. So yeah, I can like that's probably why the line is so low, is like it's mm-hmm. hard to beat someone by that much. 
when you have that low of an over under. Uh, so yeah, no, I'm not moving on it. How about you? I'm not, I'm not moving on it either. The line feels pretty good to me. Yeah. I agreed. do think if, I don't know. So the reason I sort of mentioned the the thing with the passing game for, for NC state against Clemson's defensive backs is Dave Dorn is that classic coach. Who's really good at getting his, his team prepared, really good at developing his talent makes questionable decisions in games as far as just like they run the ball too much. Yes. They, they, the best thing they have on offense is a great quarterback. Um, yes. There's a slight chance. There's a non-zero chance that Devin Leary goes to the NFL and is like the next Justin Herbert, like probably <laughs> not, but there is that yeah. chance. Yeah. And, and I feel like if they would let him throw the ball, I mean, go, every single first down, go play action. I'm serious. Like every single one play action every single time and i think he would put up 450 passing yards against this clemson secondary just yeah. saying no <laughs> but I, they're not going I, to do that no th- yeah zero chance that happens i like where your head's at though like don't mind that at all um top five matchup this is really big for the acc to have yeah. multiple top 25 on top 25 matchups mm-hmm. to like that's huge ac the acc kind of viewed as a down conference overall mm-hmm. the last couple of years needed this this is showing some depth for them um yeah good for nc state to to be 4-0 and just to get into this situation um lot yeah a lot more on the schedule too it's not just clemson that's good like there's they have some other teams here that are left i'm just interested to watch like i'm just interested to see what happens i kind of have a feeling it's going to be a boring game like i i could be <laughs> yeah i have a feeling it's going to be a really kind of a dud and so yeah, for for that reason and and for that reason only, just kind of staying away from any any number here in that game. Sure. Okay. So one final matchup, I'll just talk about a little bit. This is kind of a helmet matchup. Stanford is at Oregon. Um, the the rivals who early in the two thousand or twenty tens, it was this was like the matchup in the Pac twelve. Yeah. They both have some things that I like about their teams this year. Any reason Stan- to think Stanford doesn't? Yeah, well, they have a good quarterback. Okay, that's it. You're right. Yeah, they do. T- Tanner McKee is a good quarterback. Any reason to think it could be a tight, fun game, or is this just Oregon by the line is sixteen and a half? Feels normal. Feels like relatively a good line, I would say. Like, is this yeah. a boring no, Oregon seventeen point win? Maybe, maybe. I I think Oregon could get after him. I'm buying in on Bo Nix, which is a that's a dangerous place to be. I understand <laughs> that, but Stanford is so bad against the spread absolutely terrible they they are zero and three against the spread in their three games i'm buying oregon i think i'm i think oregon will win i think oregon will cover it will be one of my locks of the week it's probably my most confident lock wow um yeah i'm i'm a i'm an on oregon minus 16 and a half right below that nice 17 number Mm -hmm. so yeah I, i like where we're at with the ducks okay all right let's move on to our five games to watch of the week um do you have five games selected? Because there's a lot. There's a lot we could pick from this week. It's a there good week. What are your five? Yeah. It's a it's a deep week. A lot yes. of really good depth here. So yes. we have Kentucky. Kentucky Ole Miss is yes. is up there. Kentucky Ole Miss you have to put on there, and then the other SEC game, which is Alabama and Arkansas. Those mm-hmm. are you just pencil those in. Oklahoma yep. State and Baylor because those are two top sixteen teams. Have to watch that one. That's number three. You're gonna have Wake Forest, Florida State which you have to put in there 
because there are still two ranked teams. If the game gets played, right, mm-hmm. it'll put that one in there at number or yeah, at number four. And last, not least, is NC State Clemson. It's a top ten matchup. It mm-hmm. might be boring. It probably will be boring. Must watch TV though. Yeah, top ten matchup. Have to watch. And I actually hate that we only have five this week because there's so many yeah. other stinking good games. A <laughs> and yeah. Mississippi State's really good. I would love to watch LSU Auburn. I probably will. Even West Virginia, Texas is good. Yes. Yeah. A lot of depth, a lot of really good games just kind of sprinkled in. I didn't even get to Iowa and Michigan. That'll also be a really right. good game. Oklahoma, TCU. So yeah, tons of good games to watch. Yeah. I have almost exact agreement with the five. I did not have Wake Forest, Florida State. Not sure why. Yeah. Like that fits right. perfectly in that list. I will probably watch it. I, I chose Texas A&M at Mississippi State. Like you said, there's just too many options. It's really That's hard to right. pick five. All right, locks of the week. Um, you kind of touched on a few of yours. Um, how many do you have decided on so far? And and are there any that you're like still trying to decide? So I have three. I have right. three. I, t- I talked about Oregon, 16 and a half, mm-hmm. 16 and a half point favorite. That'll be the side. Mm-hmm. I've, I've already teased Minnesota. The numbers, I have it at 12. No numbers too high. Mm-hmm. Buying on Minnesota. They're hammering people. I thought Oklahoma would bounce back big against TCU, mm-hmm. six and a half point favorite. I like that number. I think they bounce back and win um, and cover. So those are the three I have now. I have a couple of more that maybe if you convince me, like maybe <laughs> if you happen to be on the same side, I'm willing to pull the trigger and go there with you. But mm-hmm. for now, those three are all I have. Yeah, I have. Oh, man, so many written down that I kind of like and kind of <laughs> don't. Throw them out there. Let's just go through them. Okay, so I'll go through all of the ones I have written down, and I'll, then I'll decide as I'm talking about them if I want them as a lock. So the first <laughs> <Okay>. one is <laughs> <I like> that. <laughs> the first one is Washington minus three and a half versus UCLA. Love that. Um, yes. Yeah, it just feels like they're a really good team, still possibly being undervalued by Vegas, one of the few teams. Um, I like your Minnesota minus twelve against Purdue. I think I'll probably just go ahead and join you. I, I have a, I have a theory, and this, this, this is totally against what I, what I would probably do if I was smart. Um, this right. is probably a bad theory. I'll preface it with that. Okay. <laughs> if, if I just have a bunch of leans, strong leans, but don't feel extremely strong about any of them, instead of picking two or three of them, why don't I just pick a bunch of them and hope that sixty percent of them hit? Is that a terrible idea? I, I think it's like a professional strategy. Okay. Like I think that's what a lot. No, I'm serious. I think okay. that's kind of what like a lot of pros do is cast a cast a wide net, kind of pretty much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, throw a bunch of darts at the dartboard. Whatever, whatever you want to use there. Um, yeah, it's. It, I like the strategy. I don't mind it. You're just hoping for. You're playing percentages. That's what we're sure. doing. You're, you're playing percentages. You're admitting you're going to lose some of them. You're just hoping you win a few more than you lose. Yes. I had Oregon State plus 10 and a half written down against Utah. I'm going to take it off the board. I just feel like there's not quite – like I just don't know quite enough about either one of these teams. So Um, you're not going with that one? I'm not going with that one, taking it off my board. I still kind of like the Oregon State side there. Um, Yeah, I'll I'll take that one off. Okay. LSU minus eight versus Auburn. Lock that one up. Auburn is trash. (laughs) so bad i say that in the nicest way possible and i have a few of these where i'm basically just fading a team yeah um and auburn i feel like has reached that point where they're i I don't know if it's fair to say they've quit but they're just terrible and lsu is i don't know if lsu is awesome but they're at least good 
So yeah, I feel you like know, this is a two two touchdown game. Can we check real real quick? Jaden Daniels, I thought he was a little bit nicked. Um, the okay. LSU quarterback, and I'm checking that now. Mm-hmm. But like, absolutely agree there. If 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 Daniels is healthy and if he is starting, like, yeah. Sign Do we think Nussmeyer would be a lot worse? Well. I mean, Daniels has been good in spots. I mean, they beat Mississippi State, and that was like Daniels playing well, running well. He was he was active just in like in the run game as well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm with you. I I think um like I mean, yeah, I don't I don't think maybe just a huge drop off, but I I really I think there's there's a lot of continuity. I think continuity is a big thing. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just looking for it here. He did leave the game uh, last week against New Mexico, so. Let me. I'm yeah. just gonna gonna keep checking on this one. If you have any any more, let I, 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 I will, I'll probably be on this one as well. Yeah. So for me, I'll just say like I I don't think that I'm worried enough about it. Like I think they could probably <laughs> they could probably okay. bring in the third stringer and still cover this line. Just in my opinion. I like it. Did, did I hear you say you were also adding this one to? Yeah. Yours? Go ahead and throw it on there for me as well. Yeah. I'm All fading right. Auburn is what we're doing. We're 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 fading them because we feel that the team has quit on the coach pretty much yeah like am i do we have agreement there yeah i would that, that would make sense uh, brian harson is done like we all know it the players know it even if you like brian harson as a player you you know that it's over like that's mm-hmm. just the long and short of it um and that's unfortunate but that's how the sport works so that's how it goes um how do you feel about georgia minus 27 and a half versus missouri yeah i i i like that georgia against power five teams is an absolute buzzsaw on offense. Like mm-hmm. Georgia gave, yeah, it was a bad performance last week. You mentioned kind of playing with their food. That's kind of what it felt like. Georgia doesn't kick field goals against power five opponents. They come out and score touchdowns on pretty much every drive that the first team offense is in. Yeah. I don't hate it. Like Missouri, Missouri lost to Auburn. So Auburn's <laughs> trash, but Missouri <laughs> lost to them. So yeah, don't hate it. Don't hate it at all. The line is up to 28. I think that's still low enough. Like this feels like if if it was if this was Alabama versus Missouri, I feel like the line would be 35. And I don't know, like I think Georgia's probably better than Alabama right now. So right. Yeah. yeah. I'm gonna take that. So yeah, that's two in a row where I'm fading a team. I got a third in a row. <laughs> I've got Pitt minus 23 and a half against Georgia Tech. Okay. Um, Jeff Collins was just fired. Maybe they play better in his absence. I don't know. I just think they're they're not very good. Um, yeah. And yeah. I realize that it's a little scary betting on Pitt to cover a spread that's over three touchdowns. Terrifying. But Georgia Tech is so bad. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to hold my nose and, and okay. throw that one in there. Um probably won't watch a single play of that game. I'll just check the score afterward and while holding my nose once again right. and right. hoping that I was right. All right. <laughs> I like Yet another Boise. fade play here. I got San Diego State plus six against Boise State. Oh, wow. I don't know if you've been paying attention, but Boise State is kind of trash. They yeah, are, they're not very good. They yeah. have not been playing well this year. They're a six-point favorite. San Diego State is also not great, but I just don't know that I can trust Boise State as a six-point favorite here. Um yeah, I, Andy Avalos was the hire there, and it, it's been rough going so far. Um, yeah. Brian Harson, by the way, may need a job. And hey. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying, just, I'm not saying, but I am saying, yeah, throwing oh, it out there. Man. Okay, um, I think that's all I have for spreads. 
Do yeah. you have any more for spreads? No, no, no more. And I don't have any over-unders either. We talked about the NC State Clemson one. I'm just, no, not for me. Okay. What's what's the Iowa number? Can we just real quick look up that Iowa yes. number? Yes. You know, we, we talked about it a little bit. That was one I had written down. I was wrong on the Iowa under last week, technically, because they, the two defensive touchdowns. Yes. What are, what are the odds that actually hits again? Because the number's at 42, 42. for Michigan and Iowa. That's really low, man. I, it's really low. <laughs> Do it. Come on. Let's go. I want Michigan, you so dude, bad. All, the offense for Michigan looks good. I'm trying to talk you into this. They're, they're running the ball. Blake Corum, dude, he runs the ball so well. That would be over, though. Oh, you. I'm thinking the under. Like I, I'm telling you, man, I, okay. it's, it's right. so low, but I don't know. Yeah, I think you're right. Like the, what you're saying, like Michigan's offense is good enough. Yeah. They could I'm almost staying away. I'm they staying could away almost go over by themselves. Yeah. No, I know they could. <sighs> Let me look up one other one I had written down. See what it's see what it's at right now, and I just want to get your thoughts on it. And that's Mississippi State, Texas A and M. The total there is forty six and a half. Both teams have really good defenses. What do you think? I, I'm I'm writing this down as a lock. What do you think? You're going under. I am. Yeah, don't hate it. I, I don't love it. Like, I'm I'm staying away from this. Mississippi State has a good offense. It's functional. Like, mm-hmm. if, if nothing else, Rodgers looks very comfortable in that offense. True. So, yeah, I just staying away from it uh, just as a whole. Like, Devon A-Chain could pop an 80-yard run. Like, that's one of the few ways a and really going to score much. But, like, mm-hmm. he could do that just kind of by himself. And suddenly you're yeah, and then Mississippi State has a couple of touchdowns. Suddenly that that yeah, that over under looks sketchy. So just staying away from it personally. Um, do it though. You're spraying the board. You do this sure. on the regular at this point. Just go yeah. for it. Why not? And I got one more. You're kind of the one who tipped me off to this a little bit, but let me just okay. So we know North Carolina's defense, absolute garbage. Yes, not Virginia bad. Tech's offense, not exactly great. No. But they don't have to be to put up what four touchdowns, twenty-eight points, right? Um, North Carolina's offense, on the other hand, is really good. They just put up thirty-three against a really good Notre Dame defense. Uh-huh. Is it, I mean they're going to what score at least forty-two against Virginia Tech? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, possibly. Like, add those North numbers Tech- together: forty-two plus twenty-eight equals. Is- Quite a bit more. 70. Quite a bit. No, I. I the line is fifty-one. More. I know. I know. I know. North Carolina. The 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 least amount of points they gave up. All, well, they gave up sixty-one to App State. Um, forty forty-five to Notre Dame. They gave up twenty-eight to Georgia Southern or Georgia State. Sorry. Yeah. And twenty-four to Florida A and M. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Don't hate it. Like they haven't held anyone under twenty-four points, and it feels. Yeah. That feels. That feels easy. That feels easy. I will. I'll. I'm staying away from it, but now, come on, you you know you want to join me. I'm not. I stay away from the over unders. <laughs> like I just stay away as a whole. I don't. I don't go there. Uh, props to you. Hats off to you for for being brave, though. Okay. All right. So recapping our locks here, Ashton has Minnesota minus twelve, Oklahoma minus six and a half, LSU minus eight, Oregon yeah. minus sixteen and a half. That's right. Vince, Washington minus three and a half, Minnesota minus 12, LSU minus eight, Georgia minus 28, Pitt minus 23 and a half, San Diego State plus six, 
the A&M uh, Mississippi State under 46 and a half and the Virginia Tech North Carolina over 51. How um, many is that total for you? <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight plays for me and four for you. So I'm exactly 500 on the year. So this could be either going extremely well or extremely poorly hey, after this week. Yeah, eight no weeks possibility. That's a possibility yeah. for you. Good for you. Everything is possible till they kick off. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh. Any any closing thoughts before we wrap this very long episode up? No, no, no more thoughts. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to next week. I'm going to start fading some teams a little harder after week five mm-hmm. and just betting against some people. Maybe not betting on teams as much as I am going to be betting against teams. I think that's more fun. That's over half of my um, yeah, I know. blocks this week. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm learning from you. That's I'm right. fading Auburn. I'm fading <laughs> fading Missouri. I'm fading Georgia Tech. I'm fading Boise State. And I'm fading the North Carolina defense. Yeah, no, that's hey, all fair. I like that. Okay. Um, anything else? That's it for me. That's, okay. Yeah, we've had a long episode. Yes. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Have a great week. And God bless you all. Peace.